Welcome to the Sunday Message Podcast of Bethany Church in Fresno, California. We hope this message will encourage and equip you as you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. If today's message helps you, share it with a friend. If you would like to know more about the ministry of Bethany Church, please reach out on Facebook or at BethanyChurchFresno.com. And now, here's this week's message. Matthew chapter 28 first book in the New Testament. I'm in the last four verses of that book, Matthew 28, beginning at verse 20. We are continuing this message series we've called Lessons from the Trail. And today's topic or today's title is Post a Selfie. Post a selfie. Well, what does this have to do with God's Word? I'll tell you in a moment. One of the great things about getting out on the hiking trails is taking pictures of God's creation. But uh, some of us love taking pictures of ourselves. And uh, we think, oh, people don't really want to see where I've been. They just want to see me. Um, I've got a few uh, from my archives. This is my family five years ago on a rail bridge up in Canada. This is uh, Stuart and I on <laughs> up in uh, Miss Falls Hike, Becky and I in Alaska, and Alex and I in Masada. Um, in the middle is my friend Paul when I was in sabbatical. That's the Blue Mountains of Australia. And uh, Stuart's sitting on my shoulder. This is Sunset Trail up in Kings Canyon National Park. And uh, I had to really work to shrink them down, but we got it. And uh, this is at um, Volcanoes National Park before that volcano uh, collapsed in on itself in 2018. So uh, it's just great fun um, being able to do that. You say, well, what? Like that just seems so self-indulgent to like show us pictures of yourself. Um, but, you know, the thing is, you get out there, you take the photo, and, and, and when you get some cell signal, you want to post it on your socials because you want people to see where you've been. That you kind of want to share the experience, and maybe you'll have a conversation about it. Maybe someone's going to say, I've been there, or, or, or someone's going to say, um, hey, can I join you next time? Now, obviously, stay inside the fences and the rails. Don't step over unsafe places to get your selfies. Okay, I'm not advocating any of that. But you want to share your experience. And that's kind of the tie-in, you know, uh, that, that, that sincere intent of the selfie is to share what you've experienced, what you've seen, where you've been. And I compare that to the, to the command that Jesus gave us to follow Him. That following Him is, is inviting, also includes inviting others onto the journey with us. Uh, we call it evangelism. The word evangelism simply means Making the good news known, proclaiming good news, telling good news. You can be an evangelist about uh, your favorite uh, sports drink. You can be evangelist about all kinds of things. But we're talking about the evangelism, the good news of telling other people about Jesus and what he's done for us. And, And when you share that good news, it's not about you. It's about where you've been, who you've been with, where you're going. That's the process of making Jesus known. So it's a bit like posting a selfie, inviting others onto the same spiritual trail, the same path with you. So I'm going to read this uh, command of Jesus. We call it the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, beginning at verse 16. And it goes like this. The 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Now remember, this is after his resurrection. Okay, after his resurrection, verse 17. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some of them doubted. 
And Jesus came and he told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. That's good news from Jesus. All right, so to unpack this today, we're going to keep it really simple, and we're going to look at seven key verbs in this section. And if you're, if it's been a while since you're in English class, English class, the verb is the action word, like sleep, drive, uh, you know, eat. Those are actions. So the verbs, there's seven key verbs that we're going to look at in here, which are worship, doubt, go, make, baptize, teach, obey. And we'll go through all of those. Verses 16 and 17 are a bit of a preamble to the actual Great Commission. Uh, Most of the post-resurrection activity between Jesus and his followers had taken place in and around Jerusalem. But now they're following his instruction to go north. Look at verse 16 one more time. The eleven disciples left for Galilee going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Now, this is interesting. Some worship, some doubted. These are his closest 11. They've actually seen him already alive. And, and doubt and worship, they are the verbs that we're talking about here, but they're opposites. Doubt and worship are opposites. Now, you think, why would these guys have doubted? I mean, weren't they like, weren't they, I mean, you stand right in front of them. It's a testimony to how real the, the crucifixion was. The fact that they had seen Jesus brutally flogged, torn to bits, nailed to that cross, laid in the tomb. There was no doubt. It wasn't like, well, maybe he just passed out from the pain and he was in this nice, cool tomb. And then when he came to, he just rolled this multi-ton stone away and walked out. Like, maybe that's what happened. No, it was it was so convincing. It was so obvious and real that he was really dead. It was really hard to believe that he was really alive. You can understand their concerns. But... Listen, if you, if you doubt, you can't worship. And, and worship, the act of praise and adoration is, get this, worship is an antidote to doubt. Worship is an antidote to doubt. It's the medicine for your doubt. It's worship. Now, I'm not, I'm not opposed, uh, to doubt. Uh, everybody struggles with it at some point. We have questions. I would just warn you this. Don't let your doubts become skepticism. Or cynicism. A skeptic or a cynic does not ask, typically does not ask honest questions. A skeptic or a cynic asks kind of bullying questions. But someone who's really truly wrestling with doubt is going to say, I just, I don't get it. Landu shared in her testimony the doubts about praying with faith for, for her son's healing. And then when he passed away, she, she's like, God, what happened? How did, those are honest doubts that we can wrestle with and God can handle that. So I'm not afraid of your doubts. Just be, just be honest enough to then also be open to the, to the answers to those questions. And it's in worship because it's even better to worship. In worship, Jesus reveals more and more of himself to you. That's why it's such a, it's such a great medicine for doubt. Worship is an antidote to doubt. And by the way, every time when you see this in the Gospels, every time you see someone worshiping Jesus, he never stops them. It's one of the ways we know that Jesus is truly God. 
elsewhere, if someone tries to, we see it elsewhere, if someone tries to, to worship the person and they say, whoa, 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 don't worship me. Worship only God. But Jesus never does that. Jesus never stops them. Why? Because he is God and he knows it. And in other examples, when they have allowed worship to come to them, individuals, God strikes them. They die uh, because worship belongs only to God and Jesus is God. All right. Now I've got five more verbs. The actual, the five verbs of the, the real great commission here. And it begins with the first one is go. Maybe the shortest sentence in the English language. Go. Right? Jesus, fully authorized by the Father, he says our first task is to go. And of course, someone can say, well, didn't he say in Acts chapter 1, stay? Yes, he did. That's another verb. Stay in Jerusalem until you receive the Holy Spirit's power. Then go and, and you will be my witnesses. Go and make disciples. Go. We want to go in all these things. Uh, stay is that short term command. So they went. Well, what does it mean to go? Go is simply that, that, that idea of we leave that comfort zone. I don't necessarily mean physically. So whether you live at the same address or whether you relocate to another state or another country somewhere else in the world, we want to be obedient to go because the Christian life is about movement, about action, about momentum, about doing something. Maybe it's writing that letter or a card or a text message or a phone call. There's something that Jesus is calling you to go, to, to see it through, to make, kind of take that momentum. And, and, and the question is always, what does go look like for you? Jesus commands us to go, all of us. What does go look like in your life. The second verb is make, go and make, as in make disciples. Discipleship, uh, Janice had talked about it earlier. It's the business of helping others become followers of Jesus. And it doesn't just happen. It's, it's intentional. It takes time and effort to make something requires creative, you know, thinking and problem solving. Uh, crafting something. If you, if you make a cake or you make a video or if you make a garden or if you're a business owner and you make an employee, it takes time. It takes investment. It takes, you know, thought and care and all those, all those things. It, it doesn't just happen. Sometimes it, it goes well. Sometimes it's a bit of a struggle, but we have to personally invest and get involved in that. Sometimes making disciples is a combined Effort. For example, this Wednesday, we're launching our Bethany Kids Crew program. And there's a bunch. If you're a volunteer staff with Kids Crew, just raise your hand. We just want to see each other. Okay, so these these bunch of folks are together making young disciples. They're they're all contributing their gifts and abilities and talents and time. And they are going to help raise up young kids to know, love and follow Jesus. They are making disciples. Sometimes it's one on one. Sometimes it's through a social media post, or sometimes it's a phone call, or whatever it is, there's different ways, but all comes down to this helping others to find and follow Jesus. So we go, we make, we baptize. That's the third verb. Baptize. Baptize. We saw it last week here. It's a simple, outward, mark, you know, public, that you are a disciple. It's regular folks who say, I've decided to follow Jesus and I'm not turning back. This is the direction that I'm going. Doesn't mean to say they figured it out. Doesn't mean to say they figured anything out yet. It's the first step of a disciple to say, I've made that decision. Now I'm going to follow Jesus. That's, that's what I want to do. 
And, and as we said last Sunday, if, if you're a follower of Jesus, but you have not been baptized since your conversion, since giving your life to Christ, since making that decision, there's no good reason for you not to be baptized. So the obedience point is be baptized. And we baptize others. All, all believers, all disciples are called to baptize other disciples. I've been involved with, I don't know, 250 maybe just baptisms over my ministry, um, you know, activities, whatever. And I've baptized maybe 20, 20 or 25 people myself. Why? Because disciples need to baptize disciples. If you're discipling someone, you do the baptizing. We'll help you with that. But it doesn't need to be a pastor or some other, you know, professional that does that. Someday, I'll, when I have more time, I'll tell you about how I just about killed a couple people baptizing them. Um, it's a good story. Our next action word is teach. Teach. Uh, what is teaching? Well, quite simply, to teach means you're just passing on what you know. So when I was a kid in our elementary school, we had to learn French. Three years, four years, I don't remember. It's a blur. We had to learn French. And our teachers, to be fair, did not know French themselves. They did not speak any French. But what they could do was stay one lesson ahead of us. And they could teach us what they were learning, what they knew. Now, none of it stuck, but that's not their fault. That's on me for not paying attention and not caring about it, not practicing it later. But, right, all we can do is pass on what we already know. You don't have to be an expert You don't have to be a pastor or a Bible scholar to teach all that Jesus commanded you. What you've learned, you can pass on to others. So teach what you know. Keep learning yourself. Parents, you teach your kids. Grandparents, you teach your grandkids. I've watched so many of you do that so well. Uh, You can volunteer to serve in kids' ministry. Uh, You may be offered to lead a Bible study or or just begin to hang out one-on-one with with a friend who who wants to learn and grow and just pass on what you're learning. Make Make sure you're in the word daily and develop a habit where Jesus is teaching you so you have something to teach to others. The next action word, the fifth one, is really the key. And that's the word obey. Obey. Knowledge is useless without action. It's useless without action. You can learn, you can teach, you can baptize all you like, but if there's no obedience, if there's no follow-through, then it's, then it's a wasted Effort. Obedience starts with me, starts right here in my own heart to love God, right? To love others and to do all that Jesus commanded us to do. Because friends, it always comes back to this very, very simple question. Who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? He might be your friend, your buddy, your confidant, but is he your Lord? Is he the boss? Is he the leader of your life? Do you talk about him or do you talk to him? Do you know about him or do you listen to him and obey and follow his instruction? Because if he's, if he's not the boss, he's not, he's not in charge. He's not the Lord. Something else is. And lots of folks claim to be followers of Jesus, but they ignore everything he says and make up kind of their own version of the faith. It's convenient, but it's deceived. We want to obey So the verbs are worship or doubt. That's your choice. And then it's go, make, baptize, teach, obey. That's the command of Jesus. Now, 
that might feel like, okay, I got a lot to do, but I got one really great thing to finish with. There's a bonus verb. A bonus verb. Worship team, you guys can come to the platform while we take care of this one. It's there in verse 20. Be sure of this. Jesus says, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. The verb is implied. The verb is know. K-N-O-W. To know. To know that Jesus is with you. To know that His presence is with you. Always. In the classroom tomorrow, students, teachers, He is with you. Those of you working in an office, those of you road, road warriors, He is with you, right there beside you. Moms, dads, grandmas, those of you who are home with kids or grandkids tomorrow, He is with you. It gets much heavier to our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan who many are facing what seems to be certain death. He is with them too. Our Nigerian brothers and sisters, 300 of their churches have been destroyed or closed in this year alone. He is with them even as they walk through the gates of heaven. Whatever it is, Jesus made a promise. He is with you to the end, right to the end. Is your faith an action faith? Is it an active action faith? Is it a verb faith? Is it a faith that obeys, that follows? Are you listening to the Lord? Because God's a God of action. He's a God of transformation. He's a God of movement, momentum. And He's inviting you into that. He doesn't say, just hang around and wait till I come back. That's not what Jesus said. Just sit still. Go in the closet. Just wait there until I come back. That's not what He said. He said, go. Go. Make. Baptize. Teach. Obey. Begins with worshiping or doubting. And I'm just challenging you, friends. Worship, it'll fix a lot of those doubt issues. And then know that He is with you always to the end of the age. Praise God for that. Thanks for listening. Know that God loves you more than you can imagine. And for everything Bethany Church, check out BethanyChurchFresno.com.